What is up, you guys? Steven Mulehausen here as I'm searching. I don't know where my phone's at here. I had it somewhere. Steven Mulehausen here from the zone. Oh, there it is. Along with D.Y. Daryl Rivera, one of the best combat, combat sports journalists in the game. D.Y., what is up? It is April 1st, 2021, D.Y. Yes, it is. It is April Fool's Day. But, Daryl, what else was today? What happened 20 years ago today? Oh, since we're being specific with 20 years ago today, because I have a long list of stuff that happened today. Um, 20 years ago today, WrestleMania X7, arguably the greatest pay-per-view WWE ever produced in the history of one of the greatest main events in history. Oh, without a doubt. One of the greatest main events in the history of WrestleMania. Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock. The I got goosebumps right now, D.Y. For the WWE Championship, the rematch. Austin won the first one. Actually, for WrestleManias, you got to look at this. This rivalry went back to, like, the D-Generation X pay-per-view. The first time they ever battled in the ring for, for a pay-per-view in Worcester, Mass. What was the main event of the D-Generation X pay-per-view in December 1997? December 1997. Was it Michael's... Michaels Taker? Michaels, Shawn Michaels was in the main event. Hmm. Because that was, was after what was, the main, what was the main event? You're Michaels Austin? No. You're going to be so disappointed in yourself. I already am. Shawn Michaels and Ken Shamrock. Oh, God. Which featured the return of Owen Hart. But we'll get into, into more of that in a minute. The reason we are here today, we're going to be doing a watch-along. We're going to be doing a watch-along of the last two hours and 20 minutes plus of this show. The whole pay-per-view in general is three hours and 45 minutes. And you know what? We love you guys, but we do need to sleep sometimes. Even though I am off tomorrow, and I'm golfing tomorrow. Thanks for the invite. So three other people are already going. I actually got the invite yesterday. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. Oh, easy. We got all year, my friend. Don't worry about it. No, it's cool. It's cool. All year. I promise. I'll just just go work my job, you know, at my desk. and you got to work tomorrow. I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm mean, actually get a day off. I could have had a day off. Man. I normally don't get days off. If that makes you feel any better. That's fair. That is fair. I normally don't get any. So, so th- there's that. But we'll be the key matches for the remainder of this show will be Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon Street Fight. A lot to get into there. Sean, Ma- not Sean Michaels. <laughs> we got then the TLC two ladder match for the tag titles: Dudley's, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys. And then we will have you got the gimmick battle royal, 
You got Triple H against The Undertaker. Then Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock. The WWE is online. If you sit and think about this, five matches. And two, you got five matches to go. And we're, right now, China just won the women's title. You're at one minute, tw- one hour, 23 minutes, and 58 seconds. Okay, I'm a full minute ahead of you. I just hit stop. I okay. didn't. This is because I wanted the, us to get going and everything. But you look at, you know, this match in general, the women's title. And where the women, where women's wrestling, think about where women's wrestling was when China beat Ivory here to win the women's title. It was basically a dumpster fire. It was two minutes of wrestling. If you were going to be, it, more or less. You know, and this wasn't China's fault. She was a good, solid, not the worst worker, but not a bad worker. Ivory, hell of a hand, hell of a good worker. You had Trish at this time. You had Lita. You had some, like, really, really good stuff here. You had some talent. But they treated it as, it was Braum panties and all this other BS. So it was like, and they just never gave. They never gave the women the proper respect, like they should have gotten. Yeah, definitely you know, agree. Which is unfortunate. Yeah, you when you have the talent that you had back then, Lita was a high flyer. She always got involved in the Hardy's matches. Stratus, like later on, is considered one of the greatest of all time. China was an attraction. Then what did it was it the ninth, the tenth wonder of the world? She was just phenomenal, and she had that presence in, like, camera and everything that she could dominate. She got considered to be WWF champion at one point. I mean, how much more of a draw can you get at that point? And Ivory was a good hand. You had Jacqueline coming up. You had a plethora of talent coming in around this time, and you still end up giving them two minutes. But, hey, go show you. We've come a long way. Now, don't forget, leave questions and comments. They are definitely greatly appreciated. They will get answered, I promise. we got a lot of time here. And don't forget, if you're not able to catch the whole entire thing, not able to catch the whole watch along, it's very simple. The audio will be up right after this. Catch the audio. It will be up. You can follow along. You watch it. Now, a couple different ways to watch these days, at least for the next four days. You can watch it on the WWE Network, or you can watch it on Peacock. So you got a couple different options here. We're going to give you guys a few minutes, and then we will get started. I promise. So right now, we're at the one hour, 23 minute, and 58 second mark. Ina just won the women's title. So get to that point right now. Also, then we'll we'll kind of get going. Oh, you got the beer. Hey, I got beer too, buddy. Everybody, whoever's watching us of now, grab grab a beer, beer. grab a beer. I got beer. I got two beers. I got water. We're going to have some fun here. I thought I would, I thought I'd grab some beers today. Usually I don't drink and work. I get, my wife makes fun. I get made fun of about that. Really? I do. I don't know why. I I try to be, you know, it's one of those things where you could get away with it. Not going to lie. You could. 
I just don't. Rather not put yourself in that situation? Nah, it's not that. Like, I know when my calls are in my interviews. I know all that. But it's just one of those things I'm not really, like, the world's biggest fan of. Don't forget, Fair next enough. week, tons of cool, a couple cool interviews already in the can. One championship. They makes their return to TNT this coming Wednesday. We talking to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson and also Eddie Alvarez. The Demetrius, those will be up at the beginning of next week. One returns to TNT this Wednesday night, right after Dynamite, ten Eastern, nine Central, and seven Pacific. Couple other ones I'm working on. I don't know. I'm going to tell Dy about them after we get off, but. A couple of them I'm hoping we're going to – I'm going to get cracking here. Hopefully those are going to come through. So, but let's hit the play button here. Ready to go. Everybody's let's got kinda, their beer. Let's, I got the beer. We'll hit play. China's holding up the women's title. She's about to hold up the women's title. That's a nice outfit there. Look at that crowd. WrestleMania 17. 67,925 people. It was a sellout. Packed the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. $3.5 million gate. One, little over, it was 1,040,000 buys on pay-per-view. Look at that. Like you, at this time, we never seen this in wrestling. But if you if you sit and think about it, we really didn't. Because you had Wrestle, WrestleManias were beyond WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 6. Everything was held in arenas. Yeah. So you look at this point in time. This was the start. On the, only since in the last 20 years, we've there's only been three. Actually, you could say four now. Four WrestleManias. That have not been held. Oh, look. They're, oh, Trish looking so good here. You got a backstage segment here with Vince, Stephanie. <laughs> Always lovely, Trish. And this poor comatose. Oh, Linda McMahon. Vince letting her know here. Linda, this is what you got to do. Look at Stephanie's going to step up here. We're going to turn this closed kit. Michael Cole. What is with that? Now, see, this is how I wish Michael Cole would look right now. I just don't want to see Michael Cole on my TV anymore. Well, I don't think you're... Not alone there. Not alone. I think you're not going to be alone there. No. Also... I guarantees you will see something shocking tonight. Now get out of my way! <laughs> <laughs> Vince at this time is just... This highlight packages, and this will be a theme we're going to bring up often during this podcast. Yeah. Well, there's the puppies. Why don't we get highlight packages like this now, D.Y.? I mean, I don't hate the video packages uh, that we get now. It's just back then. It was so cut, like... The video editors in WWE back then were just on top of their game. And I'm not saying they're not anymore, but back then you it was a lot more cutting edge. 
I've always been one of the advocates of WWE going PG kind of hurt the aspect of production because back then you could get away with stuff like this. You could have rock in the background. Now you have the weekend in the background. It's a big difference. Like in the video package for Austin and the rock, they had my way by limp biscuit, which is an absolute jam in, in terms of wrestling. You had WWE production music and everything on there. I wouldn't say that they're not the same as they are now. Were they better back then? Hell yeah. Easily. But now they're still not bad. The Sheamus Drew Drew McIntyre package alone, I texted you as soon as I saw it. I'm like, man, this is fire. This is really, really good. Because they don't do all... When they take their time, they don't bungle crap together. There's no one better than WWE. There's no. really not. And we're if we're just being if we're being honest about it, and we're calling we're calling a spade a spade is where I have my WWE network. Just hey, hey, there we go. Just went out for a second there, but we got it back. I think. Where are we at right now, Daryl? What's what time cue? I am in one minute twenty eight or uh, one hour twenty eight minutes six seconds. Where they're doing the nitro stuff. Yeah, where Shane is coming oh, out. We'll get we'll get into this too. Oh Lordy Lordy. The contract says McMahon. It's a Shane McMahon. That is one of the greatest moments of raw history right there. Just a Shane so. McMahon. Yeah. I think so. I mean, for an angle that was in hindsight. When you when I was when I look at it live, like say five year old me was looking at this, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Twenty five year old me, as of yesterday, still thinks this was the most underwhelming thing they could have done with WCW versus WWE. But this that was a nice little spark plug. Here comes Shane O'Mac. We're gonna get into that in a minute. We're gonna we're gonna get into a ton of a ton of stuff here regarding WrestleMania seventy. But look at Shane O'Mac here. Look at the love we're getting. Love it right here, ladies and gentlemen. Leave questions and comments. If you're not watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Just like the post. Like the post. Give any type of reaction you want to give. We got a heart there. Oh, I love the hearts. Whoever did that, thank you, baby. I still I don't know who you. gave it. I don't know who gave it, but thank you. Hey, I, I love it. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. Leave questions and comments. We got beer. DY's got cores. I got something called Brickstone Brewery. Huh. Solid beer. I'm really? a beer. I'm a beer kind of sort, DY. Okay. I like drinking all types of beer. Hmm. Now at this time, this was the last WrestleMania where I was not able to buy beer for a WrestleMania. Really? As of eight, 18, you can you can get drunk with your friends. Oh, dude, I sure Legally? Did. Oh, my God, <laughs> I did. Where I was living at the time, literally across the street from us was a liquor store. Oh, I was at that liquor store quite often. That's Look awesome. at the WCW folk here. This is the week before, and we you've seen it in a highlight package here. We're at one hour, 30 minutes, and 22 seconds. Shane's shouting out WCW. Saw Hugh Morris, huge G-rection. Ah, 
Here comes. Oh, it's Mick Foley. Special guest referee. Mick Foley became the special guest referee. The Raw, the week before on Raw, Vince was already in, in the shitter about getting outsmarted by Shane. Shane bought WCW. And out came Mick Foley, the former commissioner, saying, you know what, Vince? I knew you were going to fire me, and I had signed a bunch of documents, and I can be the special guest, guest referee for any match, and I'm picking WrestleMania 17. That it is... would have been And a, a little fun fact here, and I sent these earlier to you. I have a bunch of fun facts for you guys today. Bust out the first one. I'm ready. First one. I'm going to actually give you two. Ooh. First one is the guy making the entrance right now. Mick Foley was actually supposed to be in place of Shane. He was supposed to be Vince McMahon's opponent. But since he retired after WrestleMania 2000, in order to honor that retirement, he decided to postpone it up until 2004, which whatever. That's another story. But another in 2020, story. yeah, in 2001, looking at it at the time, he didn't want to come out of retirement. He wanted to respect the retirement. So instead, he ended up deciding to be the special guest referee, which per McFoley himself still regrets it to this day. Which would this have been a better match if it was McFoley, do you think? Or no. okay. Just because of the story. Yeah. And it's not a knock on Mick. I love Mick. Who doesn't love Mick Foley? No. And here goes winging at 248 pounds. The genetic jackhammer. Vincent Kennedy. Mick By God, is he jacked. Jacked to the gills, ladies and gentlemen. We have a comment here via YouTube. Leonard Aarons third. You knew this mania was something like McMahon versus McMahon legitimately didn't suck. Leonard, you are a smart man. And he's not wrong. I'll leave this up for another minute. He's not wrong here. And Stephanie wearing the daddy's girl outfit. Oh, she can. Sure thing, Steph. Anytime, dear. (laughs) Anytime. I like Paul. Don't get me wrong. Me and Paul are friendly. But look at this hair here by Mick Foley. Looks like a big. Oh, a slap. Slap. I remember I was watching. God, I forget what what I was watching with Shane McMahon. And he said these punches here in the corner. Like, you see, like, got a good little little black eye there. Dad Dad didn't. Vince was a guy that didn't know how to let up. No. No, definitely not. Didn't know how to let up. You can tell. He's also he's also a guy. God, that right hand, good lord. (laughs) This right hand here, he's like, come here right now. This is all the years you were a little asshole. (laughs) Thought you were just gonna get everything you wanted sitting at the pool with all those naked ladies. This angle entirely was still like I agree with you. I think Shane McMahon versus Vince McMahon was a bigger match. I still think they would have been able to book an angle with Foley that would have oh, made yeah. sense. Obviously, he got fired. He set up the re- the special guest referee. He ended up being the representative for Linda McMahon. Yeah, and now Linda McMahon is a huge part of this match. So I mean, they could have booked something, and it still would have been good. McFoley is. 
still one of the greatest hardcore wrestlers of all time, if not the greatest. But, you know, they were also telling a good story with Foley and Vince. Just, yeah. you know. And, but I could see the route they were going. And I thought with the dub, camping it off with the WCW thing, I thought that was, oh, there goes Vince. That's a good baseball slide there by Shane. But, you know, you look at it as father-son stories are easy to tell. And they really hadn't been done to this point in wrestling. So the fact they were able to go this route, they told a good story. And then you add in the fact we got more people coming in. We're at the one minute, one hour, 35 minute and 20 second mark. Shane McMahon waffling his old man. Now I wonder how hard Shane's hitting Vince. <laughs> I like mean, this for you being an asshole all these years. I didn't, you didn't give me that Lambo I want. Instead, you gave me the Beamer. How dare you make me work at the at the warehouse instead of actually getting me a job? He put him through the ringer. Yep, ring crew for he all those. Set up the ring early days. He used to be a ref in the early early. Is like it was more or less like his his internship was being with the ring crew. No joke. He'll tell the story. It's quite humorous. Yeah, but I. But that also shows to me that he wanted to do this. Ooh, beautiful clothesline off the barricade. It shows that he loved the business. You look at Stephanie in turn there, too. She did a lot of grunt work, too. Yeah. Clerical work. She, same thing. She didn't set up the ring, but she did a lot of clerical work, too. Shane did a lot of grunt work. It showed that from where he Vince came from and the hard work he put in, he wasn't going to just hand stuff to his kids. And I, as a father can legitimately respect it. Oh oh my God. That that kendo sticks are this makes you lasted about two minutes in the ring. (laughs) And he is waffling his ass. And stuff. He's like, stop it. Shane. No, (laughs) there goes the inheritance. Let me let me ask you this, and this is now that I'm watching this. Vince McMahon, is he the best street fight performer in WrestleMania history? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> no one sells an ass whooping. <laughs> like Vinny Mac. Look at the all oh, the Aldi shuffle. Oh, he's busting it. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? I Shane McMahon is a hell of an athlete, by the way. Yeah. But you look at this point in time. WCW just sold two million, two and a half million dollars. Good fucking lord! <laughs> and you know, I remember talking to Eric Bischoff. Man, this was maybe as we lost Steve Weiler. We are. Uh oh, the plunder is uh, getting undone here, ladies and gentlemen. There it goes. I always like how they, these the talent takes their sweet-ass time. Uh-oh. Oh, he was going to hit him with the monitor, too. Always one of my favorite spots, hitting him with the monitor here. Uh-oh. Vince face first into the table. Uh-oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he hit him with the edge of that monitor. Hot damn. He's the owner of the company, damn it. 
Oh, they talk about the eye here when Vince like waffled them with the right eye. Busting them open. Uh-oh, they're Daryl's computers. Oh, here we go. Shane on the top. Here comes the elbow. Boy missed on the old man had the wherewithal to move. 54-year-old 54, 54 Vince McMahon. Mick Foley making sure Shane's okay. Good move there, Mick. Oh! That elbow. Good lordy, Ms. Molly. Oh. Uh-oh. Here comes Trish. The comatose. Linda McMahon. <laughs> Increased. I love. <laughs> Increased Linda's. I love Paul Heyman. <laughs> Increased Linda's medication. Can you imagine a mother having to win a speeding? <laughs> JR and Heyman here. Fantastic team. We'll get into Jerry Lawler in that situation in a little bit. There he is. There he is. People coming in. We are at one hour, 40 minutes, and five seconds. Trish just wheeled down comatose Linda McMahon, whose medication got doubled. And Trish is intending to make sure Vince is okay. She's assuring Mr. McMahon he's going to be okay. Linda's fine. Hmm. Here we come. Three, two, boom! Down goes McMahon. She's yelling at me. You made me get on my knees like a dog on March 5th in Washington, D.C. There goes Trish and Stephanie. Good fire here. This is, you look in here, and I just thought about this now. This point in time, from here on, Trish was made. This angle made Trish Stratus. Because she was kind of floundering. You know, she had the thing with TNA. Then she went off with Test. But this was like the point in time to where Trish Stratus really put herself on the map here. Trish Lane, an ass whooping here. One minute, one hour, 41 minutes, 11 seconds. She is choking the bejesus out of Stephanie McMahon here. Agreed. Look at Stephanie coming back, showing that fire. And here, look at Mick Foley with the greatest job in the world. <laughs> Take Stephanie off. Come on, Steph. Boom! All oh, that Stephanie slap. Look at Mick Foley. Hardest slap in the game right there. Oh, the hardest right. slap. No, no doubt about it. I've Steven, heard it. Go ahead. I've heard it on record from Ed or from Jericho. I heard it from Batista. Everybody says the same thing. Hardest slap in the business. Steven Mielhausen here from DAZN, along with combat sports journalist Daryl Rivera. We are doing a watch-along of WrestleMania 17. In my opinion, D-Y, the end of the Attitude Era. The end of what we know as great professional wrestling. My God. Look at Vince just staring at Linda. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You bitch. My God. I'm going to divorce you. And you're getting none of my money. Oh, my God. He would have owed her so much money. There was, there's still no prenup. 
She no. stayed married to him. Jesus Christ. It's like, good one. Where there's a better man, there's a... Let's see. <laughs> Foley versus McMahon would have made a lot of sense back then. For real, given all the stuff and struggling through. Oh, absolutely. My God, that was not wrong there. No. This match actually satisfied everything. Trish got hers against Vince and Steph. Linda got hers against Vince. And Shane wins in defense as much. Boom! There goes Mick Foley. Jesus. Poor, poor Mick. <laughs> there ain't no... You talk about... You said is Vince the greatest street fighter of all time. Yeah. There's also Mick Foley. No one sold an ass whooping like Mick Foley. The three... No one took a better ass whooping. I will say this. The three people that took the most ass whoopings and actually sold it like a million bucks are in this match right now. Foley, Shane, and Vince. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm a married man. And I should not find any of this funny. And there's Vince picking up Linda. Roll. (laughs) This is great selling by all parties involved here. I'm not going to lie. Which is like, (laughs) look at the guns. I am so jealous of the guns of one Vince McMahon. Look at those arms. Good freaking Lord. There's the chair. <laughs> He's so proud. <laughs> Put it right in the corner. Pick her up like Come a Come here, bitch. Come here, Linda. Come <laughs> right here. He's sitting here. You're going to watch me kick your son's ass. My God. What was WWE back in the <laughs> wrestling? Yay! Such a great time in wrestling. Such I've seen I've seen this with my girlfriend. My girlfriend's not a wrestling fan by any means of the word. Here's the funny part: her reactions are legitimate because <laughs> the only explanation that I have for her is literally just "ha ha wrestling." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. <laughs> It's just one of those things you just don't know, man. You know, it's, oh, here come all, here comes the plunder. Boom. Four garbage cans in the ring, and here, here comes Vince. Boom. There goes Shane. <laughs> I love here how he keeps going. It's, it's Shane with a chair. It goes right to her and just jaw jacks her. <laughs> Boom. There's another one. It's for you being a rotten kid all your life. It's for stealing the Jaguar. The way he just jaw jacks her. She, Linda, I got to give, you got to give Linda credit. Usually Linda was a pretty stale character. But in, in spots, she's solid. This is one of them. Yeah. Uh-oh. One of the biggest pops of all time. The crowd going nuts. She has risen. Look at Vince's shock. Oh, a kick to the. There go. No longer be known as a genetic jackhammer. Oh, here comes Mick Foley. <laughs> Mick Foley's like, come here, Uncle Vinny. Oh, there's one. There's two. I imagine there's a pie face in there somewhere for treating me like shit. There's another one. No one lays the quick right hands in like Mick Foley. No. Well, some of the best in the business. Undertaker's no still the best, though. Here come! Oh, I love this knee here. Oh, my God. Oh! That running knee is the best running knee into the corner I've ever seen. No one delivers it like Mick Foley. 
Are we going coast to coast? He's teasing it. If I'm Rob Van Dam, I'm suing for gimmick infringement. <laughs> no offense to Shane. I mean, Shane's a cool dude. From what I've been told, Shane's awesome. And I asked Rob this when I talked to him last year, and he said no. He held no ill will against Shane. But I told Rob, I'm like, listen, man, you need to sue for you should have sued for gimmick infringement. Oh, here we go. Wow. Coast to coast. This is amazing. This is a great spot. Rob Van Dam, you can, I mean, that's a given. He was the greatest one to ever do the coast to coast. But Shane, you needed something for him to do. And there is the three count. It is over. (laughs) The crowd is roaring. You're a winner. Shane O'Mac, the owner of WCW. No. Look, at, look at we got Lance Storm, Mike Awesome, Hugh G-Rection, Chavo Guerrero, Stacy Keebler. I feel like you got some good notes here. I got I got some good notes here. Okay, lay it on me, baby. So not only was McFoley and McMahon the original plan, and they went to Vince and Shane and then have Linda ask the ending, hey, beat the shit out of my husband and let's make it all okay. The original plan was for all that WCW talent that's on the rafters right now, instead of them being over there, they come down and help Shane beat the hell out of Vince in revenge Sean for the whole... Sean for the whole, Sean Stasiak, who Meat. you saw there. Meat. He just spoiled the entire thing. Let it go on a local radio station. Spoiled the entire ending. McMahon got so pissed, he put them all in the rafters. You and then... <laughs> and then Sean Stasiak, guess what? He became famous for running into things and backstage at all times. We are at the one hour, 40, we'll go three, two, the one hour, 49 minute mark to end. They're showing highlights right now of the Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon match. This is Stephen Mielhausen from DAZONE, Dale Rivera, Combat Sports Extraordinaire. Coast to coast. That is a, he still hits it now, and I got to admit, I am quite impressed. I thought a very solid match. The show is just rolling here. But back to WCW really quick. When I was talking, try, starting to tell a story about Bischoff. The story he told, like, like they were so close. Like, they had the big press conference. Wall Street was, it was they were all over it. And he told me they were on... He's like, I went and took one more family vacation because I knew it was going to be batshit crazy after, you know, we start up. He went to Hawaii with his family and got a phone call saying the deal was dead. The TB that Jamie Kellner from Turner was putting a kibosh on it. It's like, you could sell it to him, but we're not, you're not, we're not going to air the programming on TNT or DBS. And without that, WCW was literally worth about 10 cents. Yep. Whether we like it or not. TV is king. You have to, where is it going to air? Eric tried, and I'm, Eric told me, he's like, you know, I, I talked to Fox. I'm trying to get it on FX. Just 
I didn't have enough time to get a deal done. It was just wasn't enough time, and WWE swept, Vince swept back in, and you, we call it, you call it a day. And I just remember at that time, like, like the internet was still, it was starting slowly but surely. But I remember reading it in the Chicago Sun Times that this was happening. And I was like, damn, shit. It was, it was, you know, ended up being worse off. And there's the game, Triple H. He'll be facing the Undertaker later on in the show. My favorite Undertaker gimmick. We'll get into that later. But one of my personal favorite gimmick of the Undertaker. Uh oh, look at the ladders. I think it's time, Dy. Tables, ladders, and chairs. Now let's talk about the commentating team. We got some time enders going through the. The comments, as far as the commentary at Mania goes, it gets no better than Ross Heyman at X7, especially during the meat of the main event. This was a masterclass and exceptional commentary. Now, let's kind of give a backstory a little bit of how this started. And this is from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, March 5th, 2001. We'll kind of go back a little bit. The cat, who was married to Jerry the King Lawler, was Fired. She was told that she was hard to deal with. Was vetoing vetoing stuff, and she was becoming a nuisance and more or less a pain in the ass. So Jr. had to go tell Lawler. Vince is like, this is all according to the Observer. He had to go tell Jerry Lawler that they're firing his wife. So he told Jr. and then he went on to tell Vince, "If she, if you're letting her go, I'm going with her." Jr. understood. Vince really didn't think she was going to go, and here come the Hardys from North Carolina. Roy Williams retired today. Was that was a man? I almost cried today. It's an end of an era. I literally cried today. I saw that eating breakfast and I cried. Yeah. That made was, me so sad. It was a shame. But at the same time, I mean, it's been 33 years. He's been coaching the league. He deserves a retirement. Enjoy the rest of your life. Stop recruiting guys, you know. So sad. Yeah. I, cr- I literally cried. I'm not kidding. All good I things cried. come to an end, man. Don't say that. It, it's the truth. It's life. It's very sad. <laughs> It was. I'm glad you don't care. I mean, I, I'm i not the biggest college basketball guy, but at the same time, I know, me not being a college basketball guy, I know who Roy Williams is, and I know what impact he had in the game and in the college program and everything. Reading all of it, he deserves his retirement, man. 33 years is a long time. Edge and Christian. No, it Think about Edge and Christian. Edge is 47, about to headline WrestleMania 37. Christian is in AEW. We are we're at one hour 54 minute mark. 
30 seconds. Edge and Christian are in the ring. So are the Hardys, excuse me, and we're just waiting on the WWE Tag Team Champions, Bubba Ray, Devon, the Dudley Boys, and TLC2. And if, you, if you're living under a rock and you don't know what TLC means, we'll say it real quick. Tables, ladders, and chairs. And if you've never seen this match before, I highly recommend you do. If you've never seen this match, you're living under a goddamn rock. If you've never seen this match, how the hell are you here? If you've never seen this pay-per-view. How are you here? (laughs) This is the reason why you're here. Not only that, going back to the whole thing with Jerry Lawler, that was confirmed by by the Wrestling Observer, but also Paul Heyman said something about that on the Stone Cold Podcast. Oh, we're getting there. Let's see. So, kind of how Heyman got there. Lawler, look, Lawler quit. Adios. He got a full release from his contract. I remember him telling me that when I interviewed him in twenty fifteen, somewhere around there. And um, oh my god, this like they look. I like how they like look at the belts very quick, and then they just go start beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> fucking great, but. You know, then, you know, he comes out, you're watching Raw on March 5th, and here comes Paul. JR is a one-camera shot, and you're like, the hell? And here was Paulie. The E stands for extreme, and it's like, okay, what's going on? And then you hear ECW's done. Kabit Caboodle. So Heyman signs a deal with WWE, a multi-year deal. He's in, starts out as an announcer, and then he... Along with announcing he'll be doing, he does starts doing creative. And we know how that ended in 2006. But you look at this Sunshine point in time. Rainbows. You look at, the, like, you know, what Leonard was saying earlier. You couldn't have asked for anything more here. This commentary team was fantastic. Yeah. If you're going to go with anyone to replace Lawler, be like, just like Lawler in some aspects, Paul Heyman's definitely the guy. Because you can tell you both sides of the story here. Paul Heyman is... When it comes to pro wrestling, Paul Heyman is a genius storyteller. You have JR, who is arguably the greatest commentator that ever lived. And this is an extreme match. You got Paul extreme dangerously. Paulie dangerously in this match commentating this. It made it a lot better. And I'm talking about TLC. The Rock and Stone Cold, beautiful. Nobody could do it better than those two. TLC 2. Yes, I will. I'll keep it up so everyone kind of knows what matches are going on here. Who the Dudleys, man? They just—I don't know if you do you listen to Busted Open at times. At I thought it was really cool. I was getting out of the grocery store, and Bully Ray was—it was like the last like about ten minutes of the show, and as he was talking about the match, and he told me they were going over. The night before, it was just the six of them, Rhino and Spike Dudley. They already knew what they were going to do with Lita. They already knew what they were going to do with Spike. So they were trying to come up with a spot for Rhino. They go look over, go trying to find think of something. Rhino's sleeping at the announce desk. <laughs> Legit sleeping. 
Bully Ray's like, I hate to tell Edge and Christian because they are his good friends. Like, wake your boy up here. Let's fucking go. We're trying to create a spot for this motherfucker. And he's sitting there sleeping. <laughs> that was just like a funny story. I like I just like marked out laughing like so loud. So loud. Bully Ray and Busted Open. I think it's love that show. Yeah. Very Dave LaGreco is a good friend of mine. And I messaged Dave today. I told him, like, dude, that was the fact you got him to talk about that was just fucking yeah. sick. Any anytime you get to hear Bully Ray's aspect of that, because I think he's such a, a great wrestling mind. Anything he says is just great. Why aren't you a producer somewhere? And he probably is. Isn't he like a producer in Ring he of Honor? He was for Ring of Honor. He left Ring of Honor. Okay. Right now he's he's getting he's getting paid good money by Sirius to do three days a week for radio. Yeah, I mean he's worth it. <laughs> He's got great content. Plus, with Dave LaGreca, they got a good, like, both of them got a good dynamic going. <laughs> I always love that to go, <laughs> Funny story. I was watching TLC1. This was maybe about a month ago. For some reason, I just felt like I was in that kick of watching old shows. Yeah. And he did that spot. And I'm, my little guy is sitting there with me. He, my little guy, 22, almost 22 months old, and kid loves wrestling already. I go, what's up? Now, all he does is stick out his tongue. <laughs> like, I have a picture. It's my, the wall. I'll send a screenshot to you later. Do it. Of It's, I'm, it's my wallpaper. It's me, him, and my oldest. Because my oldest wanted a picture of he got a minion shirt from my mom for uh i didn't know what it was for she just got it for him she saw it on sale and he loves minions <laughs> just starts taking out and he goes ah. <laughs> <laughs> so the picture it was so fucking it's on my wallpaper and it's like he got it from that my wife my wife's like where the hell did he get this from i'm like honey i'll tell you and she's like you and that damn wrestling I'm like, that damn wrestling house pay the bills, lady. Cheers. Actually, this 3,200-square-foot 3, house. Oh, power. Oh, my God. Jeff Hardy's head smacked that table. Good Lord. Jesus. Good Lordy. Good Lordy. I am Stephen Mielhausen from DAZN, man to the right, combat sports journalist, D.Y. Daryl Rivera. Watch along. WrestleMania 17 from the Reliant Astrodome. In Houston, Texas. Watch right now. Go to the WWE Network or go to Peacock. Go to the network. We're at two hours, one minute, and 32 seconds. We're in TLC2. The Dudleys defending the tag titles against the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Man, they're busting out these ladders here. Now, you just look at, like, right here, where all six guys are currently at at this stage of the game. Four of the six are still competing. Bully Ray's kicking ass on his radio show with um, Busted Open with Dave LaGreca. Devon's a producer for WWE. TLC2 is where we're at. The ladders are in the ring. Two minutes, two hours, two minutes, and 15 seconds. Watch on the WWE Network. Follow along and also on Peacock. WrestleMania 17. The main event will be Steve Austin against The Rock for the WWE Championship. 
Now, look at this. I love this spot here. The two ladders, three ladders. You got all six guys climbing <laughs> up, beating the freaking tar out of each other. Jesus. Oh, there goes. Oh, my God. There goes Christian. There goes Hardy <laughs> Oh, my God. Here goes Bully Ray and Edge. Oh, my fucking Lord. This match is phenomenal. And we're only like eight minutes in. <laughs> Good Lord. Get your butts watching, ladies and gentlemen. This was the epitome of like, this is perfection. This match entirely. There was no downspot in this match at all. And you were mentioning the six competitors. Four of them are still active. You got Matt Hardy in AEW doing big money matches. You have Edge about to headline another WrestleMania. You have Christian, who just debuted in AEW last Wednesday. And you have Jeff Hardy jobbing out for people in Raw. Perfection. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. Poor fucking guy. I feel bad for the guy. Leonard brings up a good point here. And this is interesting. And a lot of people don't know this. And Leonard, you're a smart man. I think the Dudleys were the tag champs for SummerSlam 2000 and Mania X7. They lost their straps both times. And you are not wrong. That's a little known fact. That's a, a, Here comes the runt. Spike Dudley. <laughs> Acid drop the edge. That's an underrated move. I love that move. Because you can do it from anywhere. Oh, there goes Christian through the table. Poor Christian. Those last two spots, he got his ass <laughs> There goes Jeff Hardy, ladder, him and Bully Ray in the ring. I'm not calling him Bubba. He's Bully Ray. He's Bubba. Come on, Bubba Ray. My favorite. What is your favorite Spike Dudley moment, and why? I oh, I here would, goes Rhino Gore. The final easy. Go ahead. Hey, I would. Ha- I would really have to think about that because I think there's a lot. Oh, Gore! Gore! <laughs> Gore! The man Hardy through the table. Paul Heyman loved this guy. The final ECW champion. How do you how could you not though? This guy is fucking phenomenal. The guy Why is gore, dude. Through the fucking top. <laughs> head. Boom. Uh oh. Oh, good lordy. Woo! I got oh, the God. shimmies right there. And here comes Lita. <laughs> Look at it. Sporting that beautiful thong. Oh dear. God bless. There goes Edge. Uh oh. This is not good. Man, man on woman violence. Oh, ooh, a low blow by Spike Dudley. Uh-oh. Here goes Lita. Her Karana, the rhino. My favorite Spike Dudley moment is when Mike Austin picked him up, threw him out of the ring and into the crowd. Jesus. Fucking wonderful in ECW. It was amazing. I forgot. I forgot about that. See, the only spot that I'm thinking of for Spike Dudley right now is the one that's happening in this match. And I actually have a fun fact about it that a lot of people don't know. Ooh, here comes up. Go ahead. What is it? No, oh, what's it? Wait? Wait, wait, I'm going to wait until it happens. I'm going to wait until it happens. This is like one of my fi- – this is-, this is great storytelling. This is an all-time great car crash. God. Oh yeah. my God! Look at those boobies. Let the oh three D to Lita. Oh, that's the five. 
You want to you want to talk about somebody getting an ass kicking? Lita got her ass kicked all day. Good lord! Let the boobies hit the floor. By the way, that chair shot from Lita to Spike Dudley. My fucking god. That was a chair shot, dude. She tattooed that chair on those forehead. Of course. <laughs> you could also say that's one of my favorite Spike Dudley moments right there. I forgot all about like I haven't watched this mania in I used to watch this once a year, but I haven't watched this in like four years. Kids do that to you, man. They take away all your guilty pleasures. I think I saw it last year, because every year before WrestleMania, I try to watch every WrestleMania. Or at least as many how are as you I going can. on? How are you going on that? By the way, I'm on six right now, which actually, fun fact, happened today, on this day. The, the Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan to become the WWE champion. Jeff Hardy's on the ladder. So, so one time, I thought right all through the table. Oh my God, we're at we're at TLC two. The Dudleys defending the tag WWE tag titles against the Hardys, Edge and Christian. <laughs> We're at two hours, seven minutes, 45 seconds, and boom, shakalaka. There goes Jeff Hardy. What a swanton. And if you guys notice, after the swanton, when you see Spike poking his little head out, going like this, it's because he lost his two front teeth. <laughs> Poor guy. He lost his front teeth in that in that exact moment. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> Nobody took Probably. a bump. Like Spike fucking does. I love the fact they've shown this replay three times now. That's, that's a freaking awesome spot, dude. My God, this is fun. And there goes Devon and Christian battling. They're climbing the ladder. The ladder. We're at two hours, eight minutes, and thirty seconds. You know, you know what I find fascinating about this moment right here. In a podcast and talk is Jericho with uh, Edge and Paul Heyman. They were talking about wrestlers that are afraid of Uh-oh. heights. Well, hold on. They're kicking the light. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're, hanging. <laughs> They're hanging by the hooks of the belt. There goes Devon. Oh, that hurt. Oh, my God. Hold on. Tell it story in a second. Oh, my God. Jeff Hardy's going to. There goes Trish. Oh, my God. What is Jeff Hardy doing here, ladies and gentlemen? Hmm. He's there's four ladders. What are what is he doing? <laughs> oh my god! Stay up, you dummy! <laughs> he fell off the third. Hey, he made it the third ladder. Hey, that's impressive. Okay, he's trying to Jeff Hardy climbing. Oh and my, he oh forgot my, the ladder. He forgot. To, he forgot to stay on the ladder. Oh my god! He was. Tr- He's hanging. He's got both belts in his grasp. He's losing his balance. He's trying. And Bubba takes the ladder. <laughs> Bubba's like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. There's a... Oh, oh my God. Get him on... Holy shit! Edge, from the third, the second on top rung, and the ten-foot ladder spear, but Jesus, out of Jeffrey Hardy, was hanging from the hooks. I always love this because he speared him. Then he looked up for a second and. Oh my fucking God. They're going to show it again. My God. How did, Je- How did neither one of these guys die? 
I don't know. You could you could ask that about every Jeff Hardy spot in ever ever. Remember WrestleMania twenty three, which again happened on April first, two thousand and seven. Bubba Ray, Matt, on top of the ladder, battling for the belts. Here comes Rhino. Oh, four motherfucking tables. Good lord. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. I feel like I've been in the match. <laughs> oh my god. I'm hurt. It hurts me. <laughs> it hurts me because I because it took years off their lives in the ring. Yeah. Like especially when you look at like what happened to Edge and what happened to Christian. And for a period of time, Matt and Jeff, just like the, Andrew's the personal issues that they dealt with and yeah. drug issues and alcohol issues. And, and we got Edge and Christian and Devon. I don't like Devon's chances here. I really don't. Remember when he was made Deacon Devon? He's a freaking Deacon. With Deacon Batista as a sidekick. He was a rivalry and it was Deacon Batista, my bad. But Deacon Batista was his was this heater. And Edge and Christian get the belts. Your winner. The winner is a TLC2 new WWE tag team champions, Edge and Christian. Freaking Deacon Batista. Deacon Batista. I don't know how Batista stayed. I'm gonna be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. What the hell are they doing? He should he should thank Triple H for that. Um, also really quick, I was getting to this point, heard it from edge. They were talking about wrestlers who are definitely afraid of heights. Devon Dudley. No shit. Definitely afraid. And in this spot, apparently edge was kicking him or something like that. And he just kept yelling. Don't kick me so hard. Don't kick me so hard. Don't kick me so hard. (laughs) I want to repost this comment here. And I think this is this is a very good comment. This is probably the last time WWE ever gave tag team wrestling a legitimate platform that made those trips feel like a legitimate deal. Also, every run in here made sense at Flow Night. Spot on. Yep. Leonard, that is the best comment of the night. Couldn't have said it better myself. It's such a shame. Because tag team wrestling can be something. If given a fair change, given a fair opportunity, never. That was, in all honesty, the last significant acting that you will see that has ever happened at WrestleMania. Okay. At WrestleMania. I thought you meant like in WWE in general. I'm like, well, you have NXT. But actually, no, I take that back. I actually enjoyed Rock and Mick Foley against Evolution. Okay, that was a handicap match, though. That wasn't a true tag team match. Okay. Right now, they're going through stuff from Access. We're at 2 hours, 13 minutes, and 52 seconds. And fun fun fact, too. This is the last title change. Now, this goes to Leonard's point as well. This is the last tag title change. Until 2017, when the Hardys came back and won the Raw wow. Raw Tag Team titles. Look at you spitting facts. I got the facts. I got the notes. Facts, man. That's D.Y. Daryl Rivera. 
I'm Steven Mielhausen from DAZN. DAZN made some good announcements the last couple days. Jaime Mungia, Malaysia Zalecki, big middleweight bout April 24th out in El Paso, Texas. And then later on in the day yesterday, it is official, Devin Haney defending the WBC lightweight title against f- former three-division world champion and former lightweight champ, Jorge Lanaras. May 29th, Mandalay Bay Events Center out in beautiful Las Vegas. 50% capacity. It's getting there, D.Y. It's getting there. We're getting there. I had to plug this on. No, to. hey, you have to, that's man. Some, that's some big fights. Yeah. Aim me to do this, but I... Shit. I'm down to see uh, Lanaras or Haney any day of the week. It's going to be a barn swimmer. It's finally good because now this criticism of Devin Haney can go away. Yeah. That's kind of like my, why I'm excited. Cause now we can get this like Devin Haney hasn't fun anybody, blah, blah, blah. Nonsense. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it was fair criticism to a point, but I don't think it was something that it wasn't as big a deal as people made it out to be. And now with this fight, now you get to see, Hey, it's actually taking fights. Linares is no joke. Former three-time champion in three different divisions. Former lightweight champion. It's no joke, man. It's going to be a good fight. What matches now? Uh, I think the is it gimmick, gimmick battle royal. Oh yeah, doggy. Gimmick oh, battle royal. Yeah. The Fink. I'm God, God. Rest in peace, Howard Finkel. Man, I miss him. I miss him too. Howard Finkel was. Gimmick battle royal. Sixty days is announced. Sixty-seven thousand. 925, which was actually the confirmed attendance, $3.5 million gate, 1,040,000 buys on pay-per-view at the Reliant Astrodome. Look at that crowd. Man. Look at it still like 20 years later. It's such a breathtaking sight to see. That's a testament to WWE. You know, this is when... The product was hot. Couldn't have gotten any hotter. This was the apex. Uh-oh. Here it comes. Mean. Woo! By God, Gene. <laughs> God, I love Mean Gene. Another guy I miss. Miss Mean Gene. Yeah. Him and Gorilla. Did you ever watch all, like on the network, any old episodes of All American Wrestling? I have not. Stuff like with Okerlund and Heenan and Gorilla and Heenan. <laughs> Look at that suit. Look at you popping beers. Big things popping. Look at Mean. Woo! Bye, when, when you're watching a Stone Cold fight, it's a service to the man to not drink when you're watching a fight. But he'd be pissed off you're drinking quarters. Oh, he here, be, comes, yeah. here comes the brain. my The greatest manager of all time. You want to talk about a guy that I miss. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Two hours, 17 minutes, 55 seconds. Here comes strutting his stuff, the one and only Bobby the Brain Heenan, the greatest manager, without a doubt, of all time. There is no question. I don't that can never ever be debated. If anyone tries to debate that, get the fuck out of here. This is a guy that literally ended up 
having like needed neck surgery for like three straight WrestleManias and still did the job for Hogan and Ultimate Warrior during that time, knowing damn well. Isn't that something? Yeah. Like he took that um that press that Warrior used to do with a busted neck. Imagine that stuff. Here come the bushwhackers. <laughs> I always remember did you ever watch Royal Rumble ninety two? When he got eliminated right away, he just kept no. walking. When they came out with Jameson, they were oh. they faced with the Beverly Brothers, and if they had the genius, I don't movie. remember that. Watch Royal Rumble '92 when you get a chance. I will. I usually watch Royal Rumble like '97 and on. I don't never really went back that far. Duke, <laughs> Tomster Jersey. <laughs> Anyone watch, for everyone watching, watching on via Facebook, it's simple. Like the post, leave any type of reaction you want to leave, leave a comment, leave a question. Also, like the Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Walkway Fight and also on Instagram, all in lowercase letters, Walkway to Fight Club. Also, we have a YouTube channel. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club. Subscribe to the page. Give it an old big thumbs up for the video. Here comes the Iron Sheik. The man who kicked off the Hulkamania era at WrestleMania, not WrestleMania, January 9th, January 23rd, 1984, Madison Square Garden. Hulk Hogan pinned the Iron Sheik to become the WWE champion. If you guys want a good Twitter follow, go follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter. It's the funniest thing ever. He is a hilarious He calls everybody jabroni. <laughs> hey, jabroni, come fight me. <laughs> I loved Earthquake. My favorite Earthquake moment was when it was on the Brother Love show, and he just kept giving avalanches to Hulk Hogan. It was great. <laughs> For some reason, I was nine years old and thought that was like the greatest thing in the world. I would and be I li- loved, and I loved Hulk Hogan. I'd be lying if I told you I saw a lot of Earthquake matches in my day. I did not. The Goon. I don't know moments of the Goon. No. I don't even remember, the, barely remember this guy. What do you know about, you got to have a good goon fact. I have no goon facts. I, I forgot he was even in this match, to be honest with you. I could tell you a lot about Doink the Clown. <laughs> I'll see when Doink's coming out here. Oh, here hey, tell it, come on. Okay, give us a Doink story. I know you got All one. Right. Doink story. Um, Like the one time that in Survivor Series, it was, I think it was, the team of the the Hard Foundation versus a bunch of Doink the Clowns. When the original Doink the Clown wasn't even fucking there. Got fired. <laughs> got fired. Got fired. That was great. He got fired and it, they still carried on. That born, the original Doink the Clown. Yeah. The Kamaiti Kamala. Kim Chi. Harvey Wimpleman. What I will say. SummerSlam 92. Kamala and The Undertaker. That was such a moment. The that was casket a casket. Yeah. Yes. I always loved that match. Just For like sure. the, like all those people at Wembley Stadium. And him going in the casket and The Undertaker and Paul Bear like driving off. It was great. Uh-oh. Repo Man. <laughs> Repo Man was great. God damn it, Repo like, Man. <laughs> a character ahead of its time. The fucking re- oh Jim Cornette. Where's let's see who 
Who else is in this match? Jim Cornette's on his way down. <laughs> Another great manager that was ahead of us. I love Jim Cornette. Why was Jim Cornette in this match? I did not know this. I forgot about this. I, who knows? I, I don't, that's a fact I don't know, unfortunately. I'm going to look that up, though. Oh, come on, Nikolai Volkov. I love, and maybe I'm just a major asshole, but I love the fact when he was the servant of Ted DiBiase. And it's mean to say, but he played the character so well. Hmm. I wonder how much these guys got paid to be in the match. Look at Michael Hayes. Fabulous free birds, baby. Anytime I see Michael Hayes, all I can think of is just all the backstage stories of him telling wrestlers what to do. <laughs> He's got a great mind for the business. Such a smart guy. The only the only notable like quote that I can think of from Michael Hayes is can't get half pregnant. <laughs> One man gang. I got a, I actually got a good note here for George Gray here. Muhammad W. Guild, salute to the toughest SOB. Salute, Muhammad. Get a beer. We're drinking beers. We're having we fun. Steven Mielhausen from the zone to the right. D.Y. Daryl Rivera. Walkway to Fight Club. What? WrestleMania 17. Watch along. We're at the Gimmick Battle Royal. Two hours, 24 minutes, and five seconds. Here comes the gobbledygooker. The 1990 Survivor Series. Notable for two reasons. The gobbledygooker and the debut of The Undertaker. To to think that The Undertaker. And they're showing, look, they're showing the highlight now. Look (laughs) at that big giant. Do you know who was on, in the turkey, wearing the turkey costume that night. Hector Guerrero. Very good. Very good. Very good. It would, it to think Look at that. Me. Woo. <laughs> Poor Oakland's probably like, what the hell? Why did I, why did I have to do that? I got paid great, though. To think that the Undertaker could have been the one under the gobbledygooker. <laughs> now, wouldn't have that been something? What if, what if, what if Brock Lesnar would have been breaking the gobbledygookers 20 match wins trick at WrestleMania? <laughs> tugboat man wasted my fa- two tugboat mo- my favorite tugboat moment was not when he was tugboat when he was the shock master <laughs> oh god <laughs> in a flare for the gold in 1993 he was on like going through and he tripped and fell <laughs> he had one job <laughs> one fucking job and he couldn't do it what a dumbass don't forget, if you're not able to listen to the whole thing, the whole watch along, make sure you guys, the audio will be downloaded. It'll be up right after the the show ends. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave five stars. Leave a nice comment. It helps us in the rankings. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Got a ton of great stuff. This week, already up, carrying cross. He previews the NXT title match coming up next week against look at Bruce Pritchard is probably longer. I love Bruce. Carrying Cross previews the NXT title match on night two of Stand and Deliver on the WWE Network. Live on Peacock. 
the United States WWE Network around the world. King Cross was a hell of an interview. He gives me 18 minutes, a great 18 minutes to talk about a lot of stuff. Demolition Man, his response to the critics saying he doesn't deserve the push. Sean Devari, awesome interview. We talked about coming back from back surgery, getting fired by WWE as a producer, looking at it as looking at it as a blessing in disguise. And a funny story about who was the better drinker when they were in, in TNA, Kurt Angle or Kevin Nash. Oh, fantastic story. So make sure you guys listen to that. That audio just went up this afternoon. So make sure you guys do listen to that. Wow. Getting some love here. Khalid Arzoamendi. I love (laughs) Daryl. Khalid, where's my love? (laughs) Daryl just spits out a couple facts about doink. It goes goes back to high school days, man. (laughs) Khalid, thank you for watching. Muhammad, thank you for watching. Leonard, thank you for watching and leaving comments. Getting a lot of people coming in and out. So thank you so much. It really does mean a lot. The Battle Royal has begun. We're at two hours, 27 minutes, and 38 seconds. Man, that's a lot of a lot of lumber there. There goes the gobbledygooker. There he goes. You knew he wasn't going to last. Long. Look at Michael Hayes still knowing how to land a right hand. There goes Tugboat. <laughs> His old former tag team partner of the natural disasters earthquake throws him out. I personally rooted for in this match. I rooted for Brother Love. And I remember at StarCast, the first StarCast, I interviewed Bruce Pritchard. And then we were done. Video was off. I was just sitting there. Me and him were just sitting there talking. There goes Earthquake. And I'm like, we talked about the gimmick pedal royal, and I and I'm like, man, I rooted for you. He's like, I was rooting to not be in the match. He's <laughs> like, I wanted nothing to do with this. But he's like, you know what, Steve? I looked at it this way. I got an extra payday that night. And I'm like, hey. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't reveal the payday. I was a little Ca- mad about that, but that's okay. Ca- Cash is king, man. Cash is king. Look at Kamala like that. That's who I was rooting for. Kamala. I was rooting for Brother Love really hard. I was a Brother Love guy. And there goes Bushwhacker Luke. Eliminated by Brother Love. There goes Cornette Eliminated. I loved Hillbilly Jim back in the day. (laughs) Stephen Milhausen here from the zone, joined by combat sports journalist D.Y. Dale Rivera. We are at the Gimmick Battle Royal. WrestleMania 17 watch along. It's getting to almost to the nitty gritty of the gimmick battle royal here. I can't believe the goon lasted longer than Bushwhacker Luke. Or the there goes ball. Nikolai. There goes Nikolai. Oh man. Oh shucks, Nikolai. Uh oh. There goes Doink. There goes, oh Bushwhacker Luke. Might or, be no, ahead Butch. Of you. Bushwhacker Butch. You're not supposed to be ahead of me. Supposed to be the same. There it goes. I said I might, man. There he goes. Yeah. There we go. Now we're on the same timeline. There goes Michael P.S. Hayes. Look at that chop by come on. There goes the one man gang. Former WCW United States champion. Uh, fun fact on the one man gang, George Gray's costume. He was actually supposed to show up as Akeem the African Dream. 
but he lost so much weight that he couldn't fit in the costume anymore. So that's why he showed oh. up as a one-man gang. Bruce took one hell of a bump. There goes Sarge. <laughs> and the winner! The Iron Sheik. Now, I got a fun fact for you. You want to know why they had the Iron Sheik win the battle gimmick battle royal? What's that? Because he couldn't get himself over the top rope because he weighed so much. <laughs> he was so immobile. And there's the camel clutch by Sarge. I'm getting back. I'm getting back to you how you treated I treated us Americans, brother. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that at, considering this is happening, the Sergeant Slaughter was supposed to win. <laughs> If they can get him over the top rope. Khalid, I'll love you eventually. You know what, Khalid? I already love you because you're watching the Walkway to Fight Club. Watch along. WrestleMania 17. The greatest WrestleMania of all time. I love you already, Khalid. But if you love us, you will follow and like the Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And Khalid's got another question. Okay. What's your favorite? What's your guy's favorite match of this WrestleMania? For me, it has to be TLC, hands down. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of hardcore matches. Anything that has to do with a gimmick match, like a TLC, steel cage, ladder match, I'm a big fan of. Plus, they delivered the entire fucking match. There was no downside on that thing. I have to go with the main event. Austin Rock. I mean, that was. There's no bad. There's no bad answer here. I know people say, "Oh, well, you know, the ending sucked." Look at the nook and cranny of the story, the story they told, the story throughout the match. Yeah, not the world's biggest fan of the ultimate conclusion, but still can't take away from the story. No. The story, the story they built towards that match justified the ending. And we can get to this in a little bit here. Triple H and The Undertaker. Good highlight package, too. <laughs> I want to go to a comment that... And this was an interesting comment by Leonard. And Leonard wasn't wrong. And I, I saved this comment for a specific reason on I Cut out of the comments there. My apologies. I thought it was an interesting one. And it was regarding this match. If I can. My computer. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Regarding this match. Trips and Taker, aka Creative, is nothing for either of you. So, hey, what the hey? Fight each other. He's not wrong here. Now. Oh. Neither one of these guys had a match lined up. They literally went up to each other and are like, let's pitch Vince that we face each other. And that's what ended up happening. And it was good. It was a good match. Very good. Now, another, here's the thing though. And I saw this online. A pitched angle for Triple H. The pitch was Triple H ends up fighting Mike Tyson in a six-round boxing match. False. Is that false? The original pitch for Triple H for this WrestleMania was Hulk Hogan. Mm. Hogan was hurt. 
Hogan ended up getting hurt. Hogan was training, and Hogan got hurt. They were near a deal. Okay. And then they went to this, because then he had nothing to do. And then they went with this match, which what At Triple H. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I I saw that online, and I was like, what the hell? I got to look this up, because that... That that was a little a little late considering the Mike Tyson storyline was what like four years before that, right? Right, two hours, thirty four minutes, and forty five seconds. Triple H and the Undertaker, Motorhead will sing the game to the ring. This is pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, this is pretty badass. You a fan of Motorhead? Yeah. This was pretty cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie at all. This is like some sick shit here. It's just the oh, first time he ever used the game. That's his uh, entrance. Oh, my God. I don't know. I should know this, and I don't. I still like these old shows, and they still have everything like the game, Triple H, WWF, the music, volume five. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? Take that shit out. <laughs> take it out. They're not going to take it out, man. <laughs> we still have the CD on WWE.com. <laughs> Here's an interesting point, too. I like this point. It's even crazier about this. Hunter is literally just coming off of beating Austin. Two straight falls of no way out. So here, creative and nothing for him. It's hilariously bad. Now... <laughs> I remember, and this is actually a good time to bring this up, actually. At No Way Out, the month before, at the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas, No Way Out is a sellout crowd of 15,223 people. That was with 13,119 paid, totaling $683,955, $129,478 in merch. Damn. The game, walk into the ring. The re and I was like, why are they and they hit the three stages of hell match? Two out of three falls. Triple H won two out of three. And they're like, why is he beating Austin there? And then Austin's getting a title match at Mania. The original plan was these those two were gonna feud through the remainder, like from April through to like almost some around to like the beginning of the summer, they were gonna feud. Instead, we know, obviously, they got teamed up, and we know the rest. Yeah. But that was the original plan. Here comes the game. Triple H. Oh, come on. oh spit the water, baby. Oh, my God, I love this. <laughs> I forget, Jericho, you are the king of spitting water. Here it comes. Here it comes, baby. The oh, king. God. The game. I love that. Like the wide camera shot there. I always love when WWE did that with him. That was so cool. And then the the zoom out of the crowd, and then zoom right into his face. That's freaking cool. That's good camera. Yeah. I will admit, that's pretty cool. Well, look at this here. That I, I'm sorry. This is this is some great A stuff here. Great production. He's giving Motorhead a shout out here. Just think like two months later, he tears his quadricep. 
Or a Kev- month and a half later. I'm sorry. Kev- Kevin Nash would be proud. Thank <laughs> you, get me started. We'll eventually have something that will involve Kevin Nash. Cool. <laughs> Actually, we will. Because later on this year, in July, will be the 25-year anniversary of Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. Still we will be doing a watch along of that. I promise. I is, promise you that. Is that still the greatest skill turn in history? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not even close. There's nothing that touches that. No. Not, it's not even close. There will nothing ever again will top that. There's nothing that will top it, period. That was as effective as Uh-oh. that. Nothing. No. Here it comes. Here he comes. Coming out to rolling with Limp Biscuit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was a big Limp Biscuit guy. Huge Limp Biscuit fan. I still have their their album somewhere in the in this apartment. Well, I got free Fred Durst like banged everybody. Britney Spears, <laughs> Christina Aguilera. I still remember when Fred Durst got kicked Fred. got kicked out of a WWE event for flipping off the camera when it was PG. <laughs> Him and WWE were so tight until that point. So, like, what are you doing? They're paying you good money to like sing some songs. Oh, you, you have to go do flick it. off a fucking camera like a like a, like a goober. <laughs> now, I said earlier talking about Undertaker characters. This was my favorite one. I love the American badass. Because he just strutted his ass down in that motorcycle. Oh, he's already, the match is already started. He's kicking Triple H's ass already. Two hours, 40 minutes, 10 seconds. Beating that ass. Throwing haymakers. It was just... (laughs) Mike Kyoto, what a douche. (laughs) I'll get to Mike Kyoto in a minute. I'll get to him. Actually, he's someone I want to interview. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. Actually, I know a way I can. I should just do it. You should. I think he's got a lot of stories. You could ask him about this. That could be like a three-hour interview, which I hopefully he would be down for. I'd have plenty of questions. Let me but know. I've got plenty of questions is, too. This is just one of these things you look at. You look at the terms of the characters, and you went through a lot of reincarnations. I never was like, oh, it's because it's the dead man. The American badass, he came down on the motorcycle. Limp Biscuit was like the shiznit at this time. And this I mean, character, his wrestling was better, I felt like. It wasn't stale and generic. He did more shit at this point. I was, this was my first exposure to The Undertaker when, when I started getting into wrestling. Okay. Like, it was the American badass Undertaker. I didn't know anything else. And I was a big fan. Like that, he was my like this is still my favorite version of The Undertaker. Just because it's what I grew up on. And I was basically it's what introduced me to Limp Biscuit and rolling. Like I would in school in Puerto Rico, eight-year-old Daryl still walk into rolling by Limp Biscuit to the like to the school and everything, thinking I'm the biggest badass in fucking fourth grade. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> But it's still one of those. And then when the first time I saw the dead man gimmick, I'm like, you know what? I like that too. 
Taker had this ability to just reinvent himself and knew exactly what to do and how to stay relevant with the fans. Not as good as Jericho. Jericho would reinvent himself like, you know, changing socks and and be effective. But Taker managed to stay relevant the entire time. Matt Ward, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for leaving a comment. AB, American Badass, Big Evil Taker was my favorite. See, Matt, Matt Ward's a smart guy. Smart guy, Matt Ward. <laughs> I don't give you enough credit for being smart, Matt Ward. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching, sir. No, but just you look at fourth grade Daryl Rivera. Did you still did you have like that that ugly looking hair at that time? Yeah, but it was longer. Eek. Actually, no, I think I think that's when I just would just have a buzz cut and just call it a day. Like I never really had hair until now. Why'd you buzz it now? I don't know. Too lazy to do it. I always love. I always, I always have hat like hats on, man. I never not have a hat. You're gonna go bald quicker. That's what me. My dad did too. Runs in the family. I was a big hat guy. I always had to wear them because of baseball. So when I was done with baseball, then I stopped wearing hats. Really, I'll wear them once in a while, no, but not too often. A diamond cutter there by Triple. He's like, I own it, Dallas. Come here, son. Leonard. Leonard, thank you for leaving another comment, my friend. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for leaving questions and comments and watching. Taker's turn in 2001 was underrated and super underappreciated. His heel stuff in 2002 was really good. Then, you know, that's a very – no one talks about both of those years for him. No. If you sit and think about it. Two – I think 2002 was the best wrestling Undertaker had. Like you could argue 2007, those matches with Batista, rivalry with Edge, that was a good year. But I don't think that tops 2002. His his stuff with Ric Flair, his stuff with like Triple H, his stuff with Hogan, The Rock, Angle. Like he had good rivalries going throughout the entire year. Brock Lesnar, that w- that's the year that that rivalry started going. Yeah. Like, those were good matches. Like, it started with the character turn. And when he came back in 2000, and he, just, he had to get himself back into shape. But, like, from, like, here on, he had a good, like, two-year run of, like, just insane matches. Like, matches were really good, top-notch quality. Yeah. You know, that 07 run also – 07 through 08 09 through the he stopped being full time 08 I think 2010 after the second match with Sean yeah I always love that face buster Triple H I'm actually missing Triple H wrestle at Wrestlemania not wrestling again this year at Mania a little bit of a disappointment. I'm honestly not eh. a little disappointed. I always, I've always been a trips guy. Oh, the mighty sledgehammer of the game. I always love when he looks at He's like, me and you, baby. <laughs> Let's go take care of business. It's like orgasmic. He's looking at the. 
Look at this. Look at Mike. What a douche. <laughs> it's an I think of you, Kyoto. Oh, Kyoto, why are you taking the sledgehammer? Come on, son. Mike F and Kyoto. It's probably a walk in the encyclopedia of wrestling stories at this point. He spent, what, 38 years in WWE? Something like that, yeah. Now, Kyoto's telling, I don't know what he's saying to the timekeeper. And here comes a catapult. Boom. <laughs> we got more people coming in and watching. Steven Mielhausen of the zone. Along to the man with, to my right, D.Y. Diallo Rivera. We are doing WrestleMania, as it says at the bottom on the scroll. WrestleMania 17 watch along. We are at Triple H versus The Undertaker at 2 hours, 47 minutes, and 7 seconds. And Mike Kyoto is now getting the shit kicked out of him. An elbow by The Undertaker. And here comes, like, okay. Right, 247. Let's see how long Mike Kyoto's out for. I know exactly how long. I'm not going to say it until after. Don't ruin it now. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say. Don't ruin it now. I'm going to wait until the other. But Mike Kyoto got done dirty by WWE, too. Yeah. Like, he had just signed a new deal, like, it was around, like, six months before he got released. It is just shitty. And a company with more record-setting revenue. Making all kinds of money. You know, we're going to release people during a global pandemic. Talk about horseshit. Talk about talk good about. PR. They seem to always escape it, though. It's like so mind-boggling how this company can always escape negative press. It boggles my mind. Their PR team, don't get me wrong. I can't complain. They give me interviews. But <laughs> their PR team's great. They do some scumbag shit up top. Yeah. They're in the um, – I love when they get in the crowd here. This is great stuff here. You don't see many matches at Mania go into the crowd. So this is definitely something special here going through the crowd. And Undertaker is just clobbering, whooping that ass with right hands. I think you this know, was the co-main event of the show, too. Yeah, for a match that was thrown thrown together at the last minute like this was. Like, they didn't have anything going on for each other. They managed to put in a really good match, too, for it. If we, don't have, if we don't have beer, make sure you grab a beer, guys. Drink wine. If you want to do shots, it's appreciated. We're having fun. Walkway to Fight Club. Steven Mielhausen of the zone. Daryl Rivera, combat sports journalist. Now, see, I always get scared. When they go by all this stuff here, I get a little bit of the heebie-jeebies when they're around all this like beautiful equipment here. Can, can we? Look I at... seriously do, man. It's like that <laughs> shit's some money. That ain't freaking cheap. Look at those fucking computers. <laughs> oh my god! Like nineteen eighty-seven computers. Good lord, you weren't even thought of yet when they made those computers. My god, those. <laughs> look at the CP. Oh my! Oh, here we go. God, look at those whole. Look at that board. Shit. And Mike Kyoto's still down, right? <laughs> I'm taking time. I'm, I have a timer here. Right now, we're right now we're at two hours. I want to get it right. And fifty minutes on the nose. Undertaker, Triple H at the Reliant Astrodome. 
WrestleMania 17. Oh, what a chair shot by the game. Coming back. Beautiful. Look at that crowd. That is amazing. Great camera work there. That gets vastly underrated. They're, this was before like 19,475,622 camera, camera cuts. They kept it very minimal. Good camera shot there. That's beautiful. Great work. This is when it was simple. Now yep. they have way money camera cuts. It's Kevin, absolutely horrible. Kevin Dunn, Kevin Dunn just freaking... He's the debut. Yeah, just blowing up the camera cuts. Just one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. One of the least favorite people in WWE is Kevin Dunn. What? <laughs> I've heard that. I've talked to enough talent there, and they say he is a total fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I've heard that. He will be will fired never... sooner rather than later once Vince is gone. He's not going to be around for too much longer. I I will never uh-oh, forgive him. Uh oh, uh oh, hold on, hold that thought. Undertaker's got him up. Oh, what a view! Got him up for the choke slam. There he goes, hanging in the air. And boom! Ah! Oh shit! Look at the Undertaker. He's like, oh my god, I'm gassed. What an ass! I just beat his ass. You got him, Booger Red. Jesus. Now, here's an interesting point, too, and this is a great point, and I remember this vividly. They should have referenced this match when they ran it back at 27. They never really did. It was like they pretended that match didn't exist. Yeah. And that was such a shame. That did care. That was a gross misjustice. It's oh. a no, nasty ball. They literally had no reason to not, not Look at that can the table. Good Lord. No reason not to. They would have told a great story. You could have been like the third time at WrestleMania. The second time at WrestleMania. And then you wouldn't have went back, ran it back one last time at 28. He did an elbow from the top of the stage. Good Lord. The greatest Vince McMahon creation. Without a doubt. The Undertaker. Hands down. Because Hogan was Hogan with the, the senior. A-W- the AWA. No, AWA. AWA. That was a Look at these. I always love when they have these medical guys out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, bitch. Now beat your ass. Look at the Undertaker just pounds those right hands, man. Good lord. Just Good. checking. Checking in, Mike Kyoto still down. Just, just, just checking. They pen at the outside, man. Come Some, on, give him a little, give him a little credit now. So, somebody that's been down that long for an elbow drop. Why was that? Was why wasn't that Undertaker's finisher? <laughs> Dude, you know, I give in situations like, especially in this, because so many people. In the situation, like of where they're at, I give the security. Security doesn't get enough credit because they gotta keep those fans back. They gotta be assholes in that spot. That's a great job by security, really is. Because something bad could have happened to either guy or a fan. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of Triple H beating the shit out of the fan that jumps in the ring? <laughs> And there is, they're almost near ring. They're back to ringside. 
Undertaker tosses him like a sack of potatoes. And my Kyoto is still down, and we're at two hours, 54 minutes, 13 seconds, over seven minutes. My Kyoto has been down. Jesus Christ. Undertaker's like, you stay down, son. <laughs> Hit him again. <laughs> Khalid. I've heard Vince McMahon hated the American badass persona. It wasn't his favorite, Khalid. I don't know if it was what he hated the most, but this was more Undertaker wanting to do this. He felt like he needed a character shift. And he explained in the documentary, he's like, I needed a shift in character. I wanted to do something else. Can't be the same guy forever. I gotta have different twists and turns to the character, and this was one of them. Yeah. Uh-oh. Dead man's got sledgehammer. Kyoto's still down like he got hit by a, he got hit by a motorcycle. Francis Nagano went back in time and hit him. That's why he's still down. <laughs> what a sequence of events this week with that situation. Good Lord. Good John Lord. doesn't want 8 to 10 million. Feels like it's too low, which I don't think he's really wrong on. No. John gets, deserves a lot of flag for a lot of shit. That's not one of them. I think both guys, it, it should, the negotiation should start at $15 million. That fight's going to do them. It's going to sell very well. Easily. Oh, what and, then, and then you have Derek Lewis tweeting out, I'll shit, take, shit, I'll do it I'll for $18 i for $8 million in the pay-per-view cut, and he will. He's not, because he knows he'll make about $11, 12000000 dollars after it's all said and done. That's a payday for that. They'll be set for life. He got good money for the DC fight. He got about like five million after okay. it was all said and done. Derek Lewis did very well on that pay per view for taking it on a month notice. I love these spots when they the the big name talent trades right hand and left hands. I always love that for some reason. This gives it like a bigger fight feel. I will definitely agree with that, especially when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are doing it. That match is gonna be. If they give that more than, like, 12 minutes, that match will be amazing. Dude, they brought back the motion graphics for the wrestlers. I'm pumped about that. Are <laughs> I have a question. Shoot. Are you going to watch SmackDown for Jake Paul? No. Or Logan Paul, I mean. No. Uh-oh. Here comes the tombstone. Boom! I'm not the biggest... Kyoto, Kyoto, we're at over 10 minutes now. Mike Kyoto is officially at 10 minutes. Mike Kyoto's been out for it. <laughs> Someone tell me when I wake up from he's, my nap. He's taking an effing nap. <laughs> he must have taken some sleeping pills or something. <laughs> little shake by Taker. I love how getting abused by a wrestler is the only way that a referee will wake up. It's like he's dead on the ground, slaps him. He's like, oh, shit, I'm awake. Hold on. <laughs> Interesting point here by Leonard. He shouldn't have gone back to the dead man in 2004. I agree. I hated that move. It sucked at WrestleMania 20. He still, had, he still had a lot to offer there. Uh-oh. Like Here comes the last ride. Triple H just got them. Sludge every ball. Oh, there goes the dead man. There he goes. Hey, Kyoto, he woke up. Good job, buddy. One, two, 
I love the emotion there from Triple H. He's beating the mat like he's like someone stole his lunch money. <laughs> Somebody just kicked this puppy. Oh, don't say that, man. I love my dogs. They're sitting right under here. They're right under my desk here. Don't Fair enough. That. Fair enough. I have, I love my dog. Would you not have that reaction if somebody kicked your puppy off? I'd beat their ass. There you go. I wouldn't act like that, though. Like, what? like someone stole my, dog, my, my lunch money. <laughs> Uh-oh. Got him up against turnbuckle. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. This motherfucker's mine. Uh-oh. He's got him. Uh-oh. Last ride. Good spot. Good power bomb. One. Two, and it's over. The winner, The Undertaker. Good match. Let's read another comment here from Khalid. He disliked when someone to bring up the American badass after The Undertaker became the dead man. I could see that because he created the character. And, like, I could completely understand because that's where he made his money with the character was based off of when he was a dead man. You know, it was hard for him to make, even though I think you could have, there was potential you could have made money with the motorcycle gimmick. Could have sold, could have done something. Could have sold motorcycle helmets, little mini helmets, little mini motorcycles. You could have done stuff that they really didn't try to market that. They didn't market that very well. I just hate, Effective one with the last ride. I do got to admit, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, but that I can his... get why to get the move over. I get. Yeah, that was his finishing move when he was the American badass. It was the last ride. Ooh, that bump though. But you see his head. But watch it one more time. Watch his head. Oof. Oof. Sold that like a million bucks. Very good fight. That was a fight. Look at the blood. It's... Good old razor blade job there. Look at this. Wow. That's look at that blood. That is awesome. I love that. There he goes, riding off into the sunset. I just don't understand how somebody can look at this gimmick and say that they didn't like it. Because there's a lot of people that hated the oh, yeah. badass. Percent. I loved it. It's the coolest thing ever, man. The motorcycle, the music, him being a badass and actually legitimately kicking somebody's ass. Uh Uh-oh. There he is. The most electrifying man in all of entertainment. The Rock. Looking good there, too. There he is. The bionic redneck. Stone Cold Steve Austin. We are moments away, ladies and gentlemen, from the rematch. Stone Cold versus The Rock. WWE title. I got goosebumps right now. Like, I'm all over the place. Love this match. Oh, my God. I want to preem my pants. <laughs> Easy, little tiger. Got to keep, keep it in, boy. Woo-hoo-hoo. The greatest. The greatest highlight package of all time. Hands up. Hands down. If you do not think this is the greatest package wrestling package of all time, you need to reevaluate your wrestling fandom. 
Or if you're watching and you want to let us know which one is the best one, let us know. Oh, and we'll tell you why it's wrong. Beautiful. <laughs> the story told. I didn't even mind the Deborah factor. Just because it parlayed into real life a little bit. And God, good Lord, Deborah McMahon. Oh, my God, Deborah. There's a couple things I loved about Deborah. Look at Freaking Vince. What a, such a such a pervert, this Vince McMahon. <laughs> but God, she is beautiful. Oh my God. I would have. If she was my wife, I would have treated her right. Stunner. Boom. How we got to this point. Steve Austin won the 2001 Royal Rumble, his third and final. Royal Rumble win coming off of neck surgery that derailed him. He was out for a year, just about a year. He's gone 10 months. Yeah. Just Austin, about. Austin wins the Rumble. The Rock wins back the WWE title from Kurt Angle at No Way Out. We already talked about that show in Las Vegas. The story really went from there, you know. Exchange finishing moves, Rock Bottoms. Stunners, the rock used the stunner on Austin. Like it's just they use each other's finishing moves. The song fit perfectly for this match, My Way by Limp Biscuit. You had the two biggest stars in the business. Hands down. The two Easy. biggest stars in the business. Six over almost sixty-eight thousand people over a million by pay-per-view show i love this final thing here where they start duking it out on the final smackdown this is some great shit let me the rock let me ask you this is there a rivalry nowadays so you can even try to compare to this rivalry no not even close it's just the greatest rivalry of all time because you got to look at I don't want to say there's not good rivalries in wrestling because in this day of age, I th- like when it comes right to mind meeting t- to me, Jericho and Omega, I think is, I think that's a hell of a rivalry. I really do not. They're going to run it back sooner rather than later. I like right now with Omega and Moxley. That's to me. You look at, in terms of where both guys are at, at this stage of the game. I think this, that will be, there's not nothing close to what, to Steve and Dwayne. But in terms of where Omega and Moxley are, are at right now, two of the biggest names in the business. I think there's no... I think there's no doubt about that, you know, and I know people will say what they want about AEW, and that's perfectly fine. I get it. But there's really, there's really nothing, you know, and people can say maybe Brock and Roman, but it's not even close either. Like, it's it's a good rivalry. Yeah. And here comes the Texas Rattlesnake. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! God, he is a bad motherfucker, dude. <laughs> it's like, I look don't... at him there. 
Look at look at that crowd going ape shit. That's their guy. He's in his backyard. And you think about what's going to happen in a little while. You have, look at that crowd. They're all cheering this guy. 68,000. That's the man. And, man, they did the fans fucking dirty here. They really yeah. did. But look at he's got the, the BMF walk. He's a bad, look at Flashing those middle fingers in the air. Fuck yeah, I'm the shit. I'm Steve Austin. Got goosebumps right now. Just, just thinking about that. But you, you look at the, like you said about the rivalry. There's nothing that can top it. There's no. nothing that ever will. And it's, it's different times. You got to look at. I just don't think the business will ever get back to that point. No, it really won't. They don't. They don't build rivalries like they used to. And what I mean by that is they build these guys together. The closest thing that they got to building two superstars together was Batista and Cena, and they they squashed that real like right away. They ruined it. Because Cena was good. Cena was a draw, but they didn't, in my opinion, you see this match, you see the highlight package, you see the the promo beforehand. You see that it's all about one thing, and it's the title. That's the main thing. You don't see that anymore. You could say, oh, it's about the universe title, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't, I don't, as a fan, I don't feel that anymore. Like, I don't feel like, oh, hey, these titles are like, like Austin says in the video package, I need to win that title more than anything right now. You don't see that anymore. No. Here's the rock. Strutting his stuff, raising the belt. Look at that crowd. God damn. You know, you just, you, in your spot on, you won't ever, you won't see it again. No. I, I just don't. That's why I really appreciate Omega and Moxley. Because it goes back to when Moxley made his debut. The story started there. It is gone. And I like how they've done it. Because they did kind of like the same parallel with Austin and, and Rock here. And here we go. They're already going at it. And we're at three hours, eight minutes. No, three hours now and nine minutes. And the match is just starting. Austin's going to oh, try to hit him with the belt. There goes the rock. There it is. Already laying the fucking smack down on their candy asses. I love it. This is nice. A nice. Loose that. Loose press. Fist in fire by the rattlesnake. <laughs> I always wanted to say that, by the way. I'm not going to lie. Loose press. This is a good point, too. It's a good point here by Leonard. Austin Rock went back to 1997 over to IC Title, which we did talk about earlier a little bit. There were a lot of layers and things that went down prior to that 2001 Classic. Nothing's close to what these two had in all seriousness. There's really not. No. And that's a testament to both guys. Yeah, you're going to give Vince some of the credit, but it's, these guys had a lot, a lot, a lot of input into what they did at that time. It's a testament to these guys. It really is. 
And that's that's what the and I can I've been saying this since I think we started the podcast. That's what the WWE lacks nowadays. Yeah. Talent doesn't have any creative control with the exception of like Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns Edge. Edge, like the big guys, and those are the guys that are succeeding. There's a difference there. When talent has a chance to, hey, I think this idea works better, and it's not just handed a script and he like here go say this and don't do anything else. It takes the legitimacy out of the business, in my opinion. No, you're not wrong at all. Like Roman Reigns, this is his best character work ever in his entire career. Why? Because now he has a say on his stuff. Daniel Bryan, same thing. He's using his power to get people over, and it's worked. Look at look at Cesaro. Look at Shinsuke lately. They gotten more over, more legitimate than they ever had before. You don't see that anymore. And if you see that in two thousand one, you see that in two thousand. You see. Triple H was made out of the same cloth. He probably did most of his own stuff, too. Yeah. Taker, Austin, Rock, Angle. You look at before the match. is It was made a no-DQ match. It was announced that it was when Rock was walking to the ring. <laughs> no, when they were going, it's going to be no disqualification. JR like threw a freaking connection. But that was freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But I love Jared. Jared's great. Yeah. But look, yeah. You just look at second match in a row two went into the crowd. Huh? You don't get that often. Like you can see if when you watch it and you really look at it and you pay attention, the heel tendencies in the match by Austin. So you kind of it's like okay, maybe something's brewing here. Like you didn't want to think it though. You really didn't when you're a fan. The 20 year old me did not want Steve Austin to be a heel. This is an interesting spot here. A superplex this early in the match or an attempted superplex. And I got only, you're only four and a half minutes in. That's an interesting spot to do. Four and a half minutes in. You don't see a superplex that early in the match. No. Because at the pace they were going, they were going methodical to where it gives you the indication it's going to go long. He's already undoing the turnbuckle. Another good good little heel, little heel shithead move here. That right hand by The Rock is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Next level stuff. His in-ring work is... like You can question it at times. It, yeah. You can, but at this point in the game, he had his shit together. Yeah. He really did. Like it took him... it because of guys like Steve. Those yeah, it, it took him a while to get there, but he, when he got there, man. No DQ rule wasn't announced until literally moments before Austin came out. Yet another reason why I think this turn is way better than people want to admit. Nobody saw this coming. Leonard, I will give you credit for your ending. No one saw it coming. Nope. This turn was horrible. This was the worst thing to ever happen to Steve Austin. 
You can they, say this was the the downturn of Steve Austin. Yeah. He was never booed as a heel. Like he would No. It was I went like, to Ross and I went to Ross and Smackdowns here in Chicago. He was not getting booed. No. He was not no. going to get booed either. He was the most over talent. His fear was he his character got stale. But then Horrible. you look Do you see Earl fucking Abner tripped over the steps? Oh, Earl. I just saw that. <laughs> but you saw you see his entrance for this match. Ooh, it w- Austin <laughs> hits the rock with the timekeeper's bell. <laughs> the fuck you doing, Steve? That's no DQ. There's the rock's mom. There goes poor Mark Eaton. The fuck out of here, son. <laughs> Earl, get the fuck out of my way now, son. I'm going to stop a mud hole in you and walk you dry. Rock's bleeding. First amount of blood in the match. Courtesy of the good old timekeeper's bell. Now, Austin had a good punch, too. Good lordy. Austin was was just an an all around performer, man. He had he had the charisma, he had the in ring skills. Guy was an all around package. Hit it. It's hard to come by. Rock broke the table on accident. <laughs> no one ever talks about that. Also, was turning up the volume, so to speak, prior to Mania to lead up to the Rumble. He was psychotic in his drive to become champion throughout the match. Austin was full throttle. Oh, absolutely. Full throttle to the core. Good point. Very good point. And this is just... Boom. A lot of outside work here. <laughs> I love this character. <laughs> like, Austin could have done this and still been a baby face. Or a tweener. Yeah. Didn't need to. You didn't need to go full heel. Yeah, well, we'll get to that, unfortunately. Yeah. Good right hand by the rattlesnake. Boom, 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 boom. I, I like to, during this match, the commentating, because they kept reinforcing it's no DQ. Like, bring that driving home of why both guys are doing what they're doing. The commentary here was fantastic. JR and Paul Paul did a hell of a job here. Oh, yeah. Easily, considering Paul came in, what, a month beforehand? (laughs) You know, I'm going to DM Paul after this. Actually, I'm going to DM him right now. We're going to DM Paul Heyman right here, right now. Man, if we get a response right now, that'd be huge. Actually, you want to talk. We talked about, like, Vince and Shane can sell an ass-kicking. Rock can sell with the best of them. God, I haven't messaged Paul in three months. He's probably going to be mad. I'm just going to message him out of random that. But there are times I had, I've had conversations with Paul. Yeah, I've texted with Paul at later times of the day. <laughs> Watching. I'm literally doing this. I'm, my phone's right here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see, let's see if he responds. I gotta make sure I spell Paul's name right, though. Pull up, God, please. <laughs> right now. 
you end up DMing him with the. Oh, I'm DMing me. He didn't follow each other, so he okay. So that we can DM. You DM him and misspell his name. That's the last. Your commentary. Come on, DY. Commentary with JR from Rock Austin. Great work right now. I'm DMing Paul Heyman. Where me and Paul have been talking a little bit lately. So, doing great work with Roman. I'm Stephen Mielhausen from the Zone. We're in the main event, WrestleMania 17. Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock for the WWF Championship. Right, the three-hour and 19-minute mark. Beautiful clothesline by The Rock. The Rock bleeding. Look at that bleeding there. Got hit. Bleeding caused by the good old timekeeper's bell. The side knee. A move that is not done anymore. So what we got here. Leonard. Fun fact, this was the second straight year Vince directly played a hand in costing The Rock the WWE title at Mania. 2000, he helps Hunter keep the title. 2001, he helps Hunter. Leonard, you're just spitting out hot facts today. I like it. There he is. Gotta get you some better internet, man. I thought my internet was bad. I'm kidding. I, it's not the internet, it's a computer. What kind of computer you got these days? It's a Mac, but it's like an older one. Starting to crash on burn on me. What I miss, Polly, Polly respond. I'm finished. I hear the I just sent it now. Gonna be mad. Like, why wouldn't you message me in three months? Sorry, Paul. In three months, and we're messaging him at eleven o'clock Eastern. I mean, him have DM to like early hours in in the of the morning. So I don't think Paul's Paul's probably still up. Paul's always Paul's always working. (laughs) Good right hand by the Rock. There's another one, another haymaker. Boom! Shakalaka. What are your favorite feuds with The Rock? Obviously, beyond, Austin. Beyond, beyond Austin, obviously. Hmm. His mini feud with the Hurricane was entertaining as all hell. <laughs> Triple H one that was, was fun. good. That was a fun one. Um, stuff with Angle. Like, you could see... The Rock, all of his rivalries were good. Like, I don't think there was a bad Rock rivalry. Maybe the Big Show, and it's because it was like the Big Show was a lot worse at that point. Like, he got he had to get sent down to OVW to fix his stuff. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah. And then, but The Rock still made it work. And that's a testament to The Rock. Yeah. You know, that's not... Nothing to do with Paul. <laughs> no. 
my favorite stuff with him was with Triple H, and I loved the stuff with Hogan. Because you just look at the historical significance of, you think of what Rock did for his full-time run ending, his manias. Austin, two matches with Austin and Hulk Hogan. If you're going out, man, that ain't bad. Oh. That ain't bad. I'm not going to lie. And I think it's being a tag match with Ric Flair. Beautiful. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Plus anything, and I do want to say The Rock. Oh, slingshot into the. <laughs> I just saw this comment from Leonard. He, he mentioned it. Rock in 2003. Heel Rock could not be touched in 2003. <sighs> His promos were the dirty. best promos I've ever seen in my life. I just seen one. When he was was the pro right when he started the program for the rematch with Hogan when he returned and did the promo. My God, it was great! He just freaking mocked Hogan, made him so and you can see in spots like Hogan just like wanted to bust out laughing. <laughs> he had to like you can see just the look on Hogan's face. That's an interview I need. Two interviews I'm trying to get for this year. And they're my hit li- two of my hit lists every year. Hogan and Rock. One time. Okay. One time. I've done Austin. I've done JR. I interact with Paul. Paul says anytime I want to do an interview, I can do an interview. So the question is, well, PR, I could probably circumvent PR. I don't think PR PR gets kind of cranky at times, but I I can, if I come with the arrangement with them, I can message PR and be like, listen, this is what we're doing. I I would love to interview. I've never formally interviewed Paul. And I think me and Paul can do, you give me 20, 25 minutes with Paul. Like I, with Eddie Alvarez, I'll give you a little bit of a sneak preview. Uh-oh. Oh, rock. Oh, here comes the worst sharpshooter in the history of life. Hmm. I hate when Rock does sharpshooters. Sharpshooter, we're at three hours, 24 minutes, and 35 seconds. The Rock has Steve Austin in the sharpshooter. I'm sorry, but the Rock. Oh, look at that. Ooh, good camera work there. Look at that blood dripping down of the Rock. Crimson Mask. Austin's bleeding now. Man, we get, both guys are gushing. This is actually one of Rock's better sharpshooters. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Steven Mielhausen here from DAZN along with combat sports journalist Daryl Rivera. We are at the pinnacle. We are at the main event. WrestleMania 17. We're doing the watch along. Three minutes. 23 hours, 25 minutes, 15 seconds. Steve Austin against The Rock. WWF title is on the line. Austin gets the ropes. Justin got old knee brace. But yeah, that would be... I look at 20 years later and I have like no excitement for WrestleMania next week. Beyond the triple threat match, with Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan, I have, like, I'm, like, I'm good. 
I I can I could agree with that. I mean, we will be we'll be on top of it. We'll be we'll be live podcast. We'll be podcasting after each show, but it's kind of hard to get uh, Austin with a sharpshooter. Well, I forgot about that spot. I remember there was a time Austin did the Texas Cloverleaf in his early WWF run, and it was pretty solid. I mean, look, uh, at the, look at go! Oh, you see that? That's great shit. Focus on the blood work coming down. We're just tripping down his face. Not have twenty different fucking camera cuts here and there. Now this is a bad sharpshooter. When the Rock does a better sharpshooter than you, then there's something wrong. Powers out of the sharpshooter. Look, I love this the storytelling here at its finest. Austin getting pissed. I'm gonna beat your knees some more, son. God, this is getting ugly. Good job there by JR. Great commentating. I dare say Rock got a better match out of Goldberg than Hunter did. It's probably because they got along. That match with Goldberg and Rock wasn't great. It was better, though. I'm, but it's not saying much. That Rock-Goldberg match was pretty bad. Well, it didn't help that they were cheering The Rock and Goldberg was getting, like, mixture of cheers and boots. Yeah. <laughs> he flicked off Hebner. <laughs> Fuck you, Earl. <laughs> God, that menacing look there of Austin. I love it. Man, it's just... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now beat your ass, son. I'm looking at this match, and it's to your point. I'm like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to next week. It's gonna be hard, man. Like, there's, there's like no interest. There's no excitement. There's the build has been trash. The million dollar dream, I love it. But you're not. But the build, like you said, it's been bad. It's there's no reason the build should be bad. No, you're gonna have fans. I'm so intrigued by how these fans are going to react next week. I am too. I just, I, I'm looking at match card and beside, it's not good, bro. Yeah. Beside the SmackDown, the universal title match, nothing else has gotten a good build. You look at McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. You should have been building that since Lashley won the title. Instead Uh-oh. you rock reverses one, two, Oh, I always love that spot. Rock got up to the middle turnbuckle, pushed off, flipped it into a pin. Whoo, go ahead. Now you look at you look at other than that one match, like you look at everything else, there's no build to anything. Omos and AJ Styles for the tag titles was thrown together. McIntyre, you could have put in some build by making that match at Fastlane number one contenders match other than that you just gave him the title shot and it was like here there you go you broke up the hurt biz- business a stunner stunner by the rock <laughs> i don't believe it my god you don't see that anymore. You don't see like stolen finishers or anything like that. Or at least I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen it in been a hot minute. 
and the star and Stone Cold kicks out at two. Unbelievable. You, I don't know why you don't see that no more. Uh oh, here comes Vince McMahon. Uh oh, <laughs> he does not look happy. The hell is going on here? That looks like the power walk he had in 2005 at the Royal Rumble. Fucking torpor. <laughs> when he tore both quads. <laughs> Only when tore, it... tore the quad running in the ring. Then tore the quad when he tried to get in the ring. <laughs> Again, Kevin. No, he tore the quad trying to run into the ring. Then he got in and then tried to stand up and tore the other quad. Yeah. Now, this is a great spot here. Both guys kind of rock spine to the pine by Steve Austin. Now, you wondering, I remember watching this, and I was talking to some friends about this the other day. When Vince came out, we all thought he was helping the rock. Like the 20-year-old olds in us were like, he's going to help the rock here. He's going to turn on Austin. He's not going to align with Steve. Spine to the pine. And here comes the most. Oh, he's, is he going to do it? He's kind of shaky. He's not. He's juking and jiving. Staring down at Steve Austin. Uh-oh. I love that little kick to the, kick to the arm. Throw the elbow. Throw the elbow pad. The most electrifying move. In all of entertainment, the people's elbow. Kaboom. Could it be? One, two. Vince McMahon pulls the rock off of Steve Austin. What are you doing, Vince? What is Vince doing? That no good rotten son of a bitch. (laughs) You motherfucker. Screw the rock. I've never seen Vince run so fast. Rock bottom by Austin. Rock bottom. One, two. Who delivers a better count than Earl Hebner? Nobody. I don't think anybody does, yeah. Greatest referee of all time, Earl Hebner? Easily. At least the most controversial, yeah. He was involved he's in... The, he's the best referee. I yeah. I think there's no doubt about that. He's been involved in almost every every single major angle. Yeah. Uh-oh. Look at Austin. I'm going to get you, you son of a bitch. Boom! Uh-oh. Not a good ref bump there. They didn't set that up very good. There's one flaw to the match. It was that right there. Not only that, it's a no DQ. Why the ref bump? Yeah, I don't get that. Oh, low blow by Austin. Look at Vince like, what do I do? Yeah, this is some good shit here. He's telling Vince, get the chair, Vince. Oh, this is great. Oh, my God. I could have. I remember I could not believe this was happening. I was so flabbergasted. Look at Austin here's him. Hit him with the chair. Hit him. 
Austin holding up the rock for McMahon. Whoever would have thought we would have seen this? I oh, oh, the, I hate how the rock sells a chair shot, though. Fucking horrible. Leave the hand down, bitch. McMahon hit the rock. We're at three hours, 34 minutes, and 10 seconds. Vince McMahon is throwing Earl Hebner back into the ring. One, two, the rock kicks out. Look at Austin. It's like, you fucking son of a bitch. Come on. Get your ass up, Hollywood. Damn it. Kicking the ropes. Why did Austin tell one of his most hate, rated, hated rivals in his life to help him? I can't get it. I can't get it either, JR. Nope. Let's message JR tomorrow, too. Austin tried for the chair. Rock bottom. <laughs> Vince gets up on the apron. You get down now. You tell him, Earl. Oh, the rocket throws McMahon into the ring, beating Vince's candy ass. <laughs> I always love when the rock spit his hand. Oh, stunner. One, two, the rock kicks out. Is there anybody better hold than on, The Rock? Hold on. Paul Heyman messaged me back. Oh. Thank you, sir. It was our job to convey the narrative of the story that was unfolding in front of the audience's eyes. Paul Heyman, you're a national freaking treasure. God bless him. Austin whacks him, and I'll message Paul back when we're done. Hits him again. One, two. Rock kicks out again. The Rock is giving hope to the people. Austin's like, what the hell do I got to (laughs) do? What the hell do I have to do? (laughs) Him and Vince in sync here, baby. Him flipping off Earl Hebner is the best thing in the fucking show. <laughs> Austin's going to beat that ass with the chair. Here it goes. Boom. 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 Oh, laying. The... Austin laying that shit in. Boom. Oh, my Lord. Two, three, your winner and new WWE champion, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. I'm staring, him and Vince staring each other down here. Holy shit. Gosh. And I still can't believe this. I still get goosebumps when I see that. Shaking hands. Vince McMahon. Stone cold. Steve Austin shaking hands. 
Good fucking lord. Slapping each other and chugging. I never thought we would have seen them chugging beers. And not Austin giving them a stunner. Steve drinking a damn beer with Mr. McMahon. My God. Stone Cold has saved, sold his soul to win the WWE. Why, Steve? Why this way? I don't like how you put the beer next to the rock. That was funny. <laughs> this is great here. Standing over him. Wow. I forgot all about that little spot there. That is great work. Great fucking storytelling. Great work. You may hate the fact he went heel. And I wasn't the world's biggest fan. But you tell... Like the visual, you tell like the story from you look at from no way out till this point. Then you have the great commentary. You have what happened in the aftermath, and the way you intertwine it and you tell it together is so well done. Yeah. Did it, the heel turn work in the grand scheme of things? No, because people didn't want to see Steve as a heel. You can't give them a. You can't blame them for the lack of trying. Because they tried. They tried hard. And he's going to hit him again with the belt. Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Blast off. I just love the look. It's like a, it's like a zombie. Like a man possessed. Great shit. Like to thank Paul Heyman as well for chiming in. Yeah. Didn't know Paul would. Paul's always up. I've had late night conversations. It's a really good late night conversation with Paul. I do. Walking out of the ring together. Good lord. It, It just boggles my mind. Like, he is beating that ass with the chair. They're showing the replay now. Just beating that ass. Boom. 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 Bam. Bam. One. Two. Three. Earl Earl Hebner counting threes. His storytelling is fucking great. You could tell the agony in him counting that three. I like the fact that Austin kind of like slapped him in the face. Good job, kid. <laughs> well, job well done. I've seen interviews Austin's done in the past where he said that he regrets not kicking McMahon, just giving him a stunner and calling it audible. It's actually one of the last notes that I had on here. Like it was, he said before in an interview that he almost stunned them. Like he almost, he basically, it took. Everything to not change his mind for the planned finish. He almost ended up stunning McMahon as soon as he walked into the ring. Yeah, That's and then and, and then he ended up still going with the turn, like with the planned finish. The greatest WrestleMania of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Stone Cold's and it's highlighted by Stone Cold Steve Austin pinning The Rock with the help of 
Vince McMahon. Yes, I said it. Vince McMahon to win for the final, no, the second to last time, the WWE Championship. Favorite, is this your favorite WrestleMania, Daryl? Yeah, I would think so. And so one WrestleMania that I can watch at any point. I do like 22 as well. 17, 22, 22. 20, 21. 20, yeah. Uh, 21 and then I think 18 was really good. 18 was good. So. Man, if I wasn't playing golf, I'd go watch WrestleMania 18. Shit. I've been watching it at work. I just put it on, on my phone it's on great. the side. But this this is the best WrestleMania of all time. There's no, there's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. There's really not. It's that you know. You look at just top to bottom, like Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. And you can say what you want about yeah. We can say a lot about Benoit, but you know, you look you look at that match. That match was great. You know, main card kicked off at Regal and Jericho. That for the IC belt. That was a great match. The hardcore title match, Raven Kane and Big Show. That was I love that match. It's a good fashion brawl. And the matches we you know we watched earlier, the last five matches of the show, excluding the gimmick battle royal, that was what it was. But that had some good humor in it as well with the Iron Sheik winning. But you, you look at Triple H and Taker. You know everything had a story. Everything had a purpose. There was a reason for it. And that's what's missing these days from wrestling. It's just so unfortunate. And we yeah. don't get that type of wrestling anymore. Because that's when wrestling's at its best. Like, you see the talent that you have now. You have the talent to make great stories. Like, it's basically, like, you look at the guys like Alistair Black, Ricochet, unused talent that could tell a story. Ricochet could tell a story back in his day of Lucha Underground. He's proven that. Alistair Black could tell a story in NXT. You still see shades of that in NXT because NXT gives you great storytelling. That Adam Culver's Kyle O'Reilly segment on Wednesday, fantastic stuff. Yeah. You see that there, but you don't see it on the main roster where supposedly, quote unquote, it counts. So they want to make you think. What's the common denominator then? Is it that it's too scripted? Is that. Vince doesn't have it anymore, or what's what's the situation? And I think it just comes down to that. It comes down to you can't tell me that in NXT talent doesn't have a little bit of influence in what they do and say. You can say that Vince is still in charge of NXT, but I think he gives more leeway, or at least Hunter does, more leeway to the talent to do their own thing, and that's why everything feels so organic, natural. You see these rivalries like Cole and O'Reilly. You go back to Ciampa and Gargano, which was one of the greatest rivalries in this past decade. You look at those type of rivalries, and those are good storytelling. You don't see that anymore. And that's the unfortunate part. Roman Reigns' story right now, great storytelling. Why? He's he has influence over it. You don't have that anymore. You know, I've said this often, and it's 
I'll say it again, and I will read one final comment before we get off. If you telegraph, and me and you have talked about this, and it's, and you basically said it. If you tell a great story, you're going to get the fans hooked in, and then they're going to watch. That's all you got to do. This isn't hard. It's really not. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. Yep. Tell great stories. It's supposed to be a release from your nine to five job or, you know, whatever you do for a living. You shouldn't have to go beat your head into the wall and do all that. You tell a great story. You're giving the people a reason to watch. And you get them in hook, line, sinker, and you're on your way. And I want to... Leonard, and I like this comment. With the talent they have now, there's no excuse why people shouldn't be this me heading into Mania. Exactly. Not wrong. And I want to end with... I was going to end with that, but this was a great point. When complacency sets in like it has with WWE, this is what what it looks like. You get rich and stop trying. Vince has stopped trying. He was trying at 17. And that's the thing, too, is the fact that and I was listening to some people today say that I was listening to a couple of pod, different podcasts while I was working, and it was it was perfect. They're getting all this money from NBC Universal. They're getting all this money for Fox, from Fox. They can be complacent. You know, they weren't on Wednesdays. They wanted to run AEW out of town. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. But They've gotten complacent, except for Wednesdays. Now, if what I think is going to happen happens, and that's AEW inching those ratings and getting closer to beating Raw, then I think we see something. I really do. If they start inching closer, which I think they're going to, it's going to take a minute, but I think I would say by fall, I think it's definitely going to happen. Then I think we, then maybe we see if Vince McMahon is still the creative genius that we all think he is. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a while. Like, it's 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 gonna take a WrestleMania of because matches are gonna be good. Like, you look at Fastlane, the second half of that show, the matches were really good. It's just there's no like storytelling. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins should be something that if you had a good story could be a show stealer. And it's only going to be show stealer based on what they do in the ring. Stories, they don't have a story. No. The story right now is that Seth Rollins got spun 22 times. He's pissed about it. They're going to have a match at WrestleMania. More Whoa. Awesome. I wonder how many fucking people in the Royal Rumble that Cesaro ended up spinning around like freaking hula hoops. Like, it's, it's nothing new. It shouldn't be the main reason for a storyline. Your categories too. Yeah. Cat, cat. If the cat knows, then everybody. As knows. as soon as I said twenty two swing, she just came over here bitching. She knows. <laughs> so that or she's hungry. Well, and with that, Dy, how can the fans find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dy what equal twenty one, or you can find me on Instagram at Daryl Seventeen Rivera. Also, you can find the podcast at the Walkway to Fight Club all lowercase. 
everything's starting to get more active recently as today i posted a lot of on this day for wrestlemania's ring of honor and a new japan i believe ring of honor you can find me on twitter at sme halls and jr on twitter and the instagram it's s-m-u-e-h-l-h-a-u-s-e-n-j-r there and instagram you can find the walkway to fight club on facebook just type in walkway to fight club it will lead you to there follow and like the page Find us on Twitter at Walkway Fight. Daryl already talked about Instagram. This audio will be up shortly so you guys can watch it. Still watch it on Facebook Live. You can watch it on the Facebook page. You can watch it on YouTube. If you're watching via YouTube, just subscribe to the channel. Give the video a thumbs up. And if you're also, if you're watching on Facebook, also give it a thumbs up. Give any type of reaction. Follow and like the page. You can find the podcast on Available on audio on every podcasting platform, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Some cool shit coming up next week. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, former UFC flyweight champion and one of the greatest fighters of all time. He returns this coming week as one championship, returns to TNT for the next four Wednesdays after AEW Dynamite. And then also there'll be a podcast up with Eddie Alvarez. He competes in the cold main event on the same show. Couple surprises I'm working on. Hopefully we can I can get those up moving and we can get we can get something official. I can get something official for this. But we will have a ton of stuff. It's a big week next week. We got two nights of NXT takeover. We'll be all on top of that. Shiznit. And we also got WrestleMania two nights. Finally, fans will be back. WrestleMania 37 from Raymond James Stadium out in Tampa, Florida. and catch it on the WWE Network across the world. In the United States, you can watch it on Peacock. WWE should pay us for that shameless plug. The man to the right, Dale Rivera. I'm Steven Mielhausen. We'll talk to you guys next time.